Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all legal drinking ages, it's another week, it's another episode of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, this week we're coming at you from deep underground in uh, Gnome Studios, Cincy Brewcast Studios, uh, the Gnarly Gnome Tavern, my basement, whatever you want to call it. We are um, doing a fun little studio show because um, things didn't work out this week the way they were supposed to, but I kind of enjoy this uh, maybe even a little bit more sometimes to get a break from trying to run around and uh and make the rounds around town um it's nice to just be home and be able to just kind of walk down without any shoes on (laughs) marco panilla welcome back to the show yeah thank you it's uh it's been a few weeks since you've been on the show and uh um, so I'm due then it's you're definitely due, especially, <laughs> especially considering the week for you guys, you guys have had some fun things, uh, drop into the market today actually is where everybody's getting this new one called puzzle pieces that I'm dying to get my hands on and dying to try. And there's a can sitting right in front of me. So yeah, man, timing's man. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's, I mean, let's just jump right into that one and, and kind of talk about it. Yeah. Um, because your favorite fridge. segment. Um, tell me a little bit about the beer. We talked about it, I think, a little bit um, when we were, um, whatever episode that was, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but probably, what, a month or month and a half ago, maybe? I don't know, four four episodes ago? Does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't there. that long ago. Um, and so Puzzle Pieces, actually, it, we talked about doing the peanut butter chocolate stout. Um, but what we didn't talk about too much was how the idea came about or, or you know, just basically the, the, the genesis of, of that. So the, the name puzzle pieces, there's a lot to that. And you, people who look at the can can see the puzzle pieces kind of in the background. The, the pieces is mm-hmm. obviously um, kind of a, a little nod to a certain candy. Um, <laughs> so... It, but it, also <laughs> kind of plays into the whole uh, the whole other side of this beer. Yeah, and and really that's so. I mean, you'd like to think that there's some sort of uh, snappy committee that that comes up with beer ideas and and concepts, and then you know plays things out to to the artwork and being in your can. And some of that's true, and then some of that's not. In in our case, um, but. The, the peanut butter chocolate stout idea came around about a year ago. Uh, my wife works at a uh, at a high school, and um, some of the one of the kids in in her class uh, really loved peanut butter chocolate candy. Mm-hmm. And I think we can say the name on the on the show. <laughs> well, but then we get in the whole debate of how to say the name. Well, do you want to do that for a few minutes? We've already established that it's Reese's. Like uh, there is a guy and his name is Reese and this is his candy that he came up with. And he decided to put it into pieces and cups and things like that. So Reese's pieces, it rhymes. It, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or you can just say peanut butter candy. Yeah, peanut butter candy. Uh, and so... Uh, my wife said, what, what about a beer like that? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, it took a year to get around to it, but so CJ and I, we were, we were brewing and we knew we wanted to do the stout and, and we, we had this, um, concept and, and, you know, we were very open as, uh, with our distributor. I mean, just like we were in the show, uh, a few weeks back. And we told them about the concept uh, of the beer itself. They they hadn't even seen any artwork. And we do work with um, a, a a person who that's their business to come up with and design um, campaigns. Right. So 
CJ and I were really struggling with what to name the beer and um, not to get too sad, but the child that, uh, and I say child, it, it was an, his name's Kevin. Uh, he was an adult that, that was at the high school cause he's a, a special needs, uh, student. He was a special needs student there, um, that everybody was really close to the, the, the teachers and the aides that worked in the room, uh, were very close with him and unfortunately passed away. And so, uh, it was really important that somehow I incorporated, um, the joy of Kevin into this beer. And I wanted to somehow incorporate it in the name and it just wouldn't work. You know, one of the ideas that the teacher sent over was like, Hey, can you call the beer KBS? I'm like, no, we cannot call the beer KBS. <laughs> there might be uh, some other places that we get a little angry about that, <laughs> which may or, you know, topic, Maybe we should although, stay away from. Although maybe you could have snuck it in right now because they're so preoccupied with other things that right. are going on at the brewery. <laughs> right. right. And then so um, my wife texts me again while CJ and I were brewing. She says, hey, can you incorporate puzzle pieces in the label? Um, for those of you that don't know, I have a son that has autism and, and my wife is an aide in the, the special needs room at, at uh, the high school that she's at. And, uh, you know, that was something about Kevin as well. And so when I asked CJ, when he would communicate with the, with the uh, graphic artist that was going to do the campaign, can we incorporate puzzle pieces? He said, yeah. And he grabbed his phone and started texting him. And he looked at me and said, why don't we just name the beer puzzle pieces? And uh, that, that moment of pause right there, we just were like, yeah, that, that's it. The, the whole thing comes together perfectly. Um, I... I like that it is that that nod to Kevin, but um, isn't over the top about it. And almost sometimes you'll see some of these uh, these beers that are you know, be an homage or um, even an outright like you know a charity beer things that I that I do feel strongly about. Sure, but it can almost come off the too over the top too. Sometimes like you're trying to use that to um, to sell a beer if that makes sense. Right, and, and I almost don't like that either sure and and the thing that was really great uh is that the few interactions that i've had uh face to face um you know people were just really positive you know ab about the 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 beer name you know the the way that the label turned out which by the way we didn't see the way the label turned out un until it was done we didn't have any input right. as far as the creative process there other than saying hey you know, can, can you incorporate puzzle pieces in the label? And so it, it all really worked out to where n people who just saw it and thought, wow, this is, this is cool because Hey, Halloween's coming up and you got this candy that, you know, it was like that. But to those of us who know the story, uh, it, it was really cool. It, even aside from the story, if you are one of those people that just grab it off of the shelf because you see the colors and you see, you know, you know that it's a, a peanut butter, you know, chocolate stout, you you get by because of that. It's a fantastic beer. Well, thank <laughs> you. So good. So this is just peanut butter stout, right? Like there's there's chocolate. Cho well, yeah, okay, peanut butter chocolate stout. It, there's almost like a there is like a like a, that candy kind of thing going on, which I when I'm tasting it, I associate with like that. That 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 shell of uh, Reese's piece, yes, yeah. a piece of Reese's piece. I don't know how you say that, but uh, you know, I, I associate that like get that little candy like coating on the outside 
I don't know if that's just the chocolate that I'm getting or if it's like some kind of mental thing just because the can is colored the way it is. And, it, you know, we, we I love used, this. Uh, well, thank you. We use nibs uh, in in um, in the process and then the ABV at 11 percent. Mm. You know, I think that alcohol really uh, helps even be to, the alcohol sweetness kind of coming through. Yeah, I, I really think that that really plays a, a, a good part in, in the whole balance of it. And 16 ounce cans. Yep. Um, first time you guys have done 60 ounce cans, you've got two of them coming out here at the same time. Yep. Um, along with another 12 ounce of your, your Christmas beer uh-huh. is uh, is hitting shelves right now, too. It is. Um, a really, really, really fun week for releases for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it sure um, is. It was a fun <coughs> it was a fun week of work, yeah. <laughs> which it's, you know, it's beer, so it's better than working. So how much when you when you decide to do a peanut butter beer like this, I assume you guys use the the powder PB, whatever, mm-hmm. the same stuff that Listerine mm-hmm. uses. How do you figure out how much of that you're supposed to use to make a beer like this? What is how does that process happen with you guys? Have you have you guys brewed anything with peanut butter in the past, even on like a homebrew scale or something? Or is this like a, a half guessing game, a half making a phone call to somebody and saying, hey, you guys have done this. How much should I use? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of all of it. Right. Uh, so we had an initial thought, idea, concept based off of um, uh, recipes that we had looked at. And it turns out that we had f- uh, underestimated greatly uh, the amount of peanut butter uh, powder that that was necessary to to do the amount that that we had produced. So, I mean, fortunately, we're talking post-fermentation, and so we could... You could try it and kind of see what's... what's Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were were under under a a time constraint because we had already scheduled for the canning run. We had already scheduled with Adina to make sure that this beer was ready for when they (laughs) wanted. And actually... The whole you had almost sold out of the beer already, from what I've heard too, right? <laughs> For, I so, think Adina was very excited about getting their hands on this one. Adina bought of puzzle pieces everything that we produced, every drop. <laughs> For uh, full disclosure, when I sat down at the table too, my phone buzzed right as we sat down from Mike from Adina, who was going to be on the show next week. Really excited that he had managed to smuggle a can away that we were going to drink on the show next week. So I sent him a picture of the can of us drinking it before we started. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the first time we had encountered that uh, CJ and I, you know, with with our partnership with Adina, and of course with our partnership with the with our distributor prior to that, the the um, the pre-order from the distributor had never been a hundred percent of what we were going to produce. So that was really exciting for us. And actually um, the amount of beer that actually came out as a final product was under their initial uh, purchase order request. So they did have to then um, we did, Changed format and kegs. So instead of half barrels, we went to six barrels. And so they were still able to fulfill getting every one of their accounts that had pre-ordered some beer, which we were very happy about. Uh, And they just, you know, manipulated some quantities here or there. So everybody that had pre-ordered the beer uh, was able to get some of the beer, from what I understand. Right. I'm sure we'll get the uh, the angry message if not. Yeah. Well, (laughs) ask Michael next week. (laughs) Um. 
what this beer so it definitely as i sit here and drink it that i definitely get the alcohol more and it's definitely there and it's definitely present but man that that way that it finishes is is just it's so good and perfect perfect week for it to come out you know with uh with obviously halloween and all that and yeah. um kind of wrapping up the a really cold miserable halloween where you're sitting out in the cold shivering and and, and eating candy because no kids are showing up and you know this oh, is man. <laughs> and they're blowing all over ohio with those inflatable t-rex costumes what is with that those so, are awesome uh, yeah but like there's a lot of them this year right like well that's more you than... couldn't get them last year i know because i tried chasing them down for two weeks before halloween <laughs> i've seen so you know, many this year i I I wanted to be my daughter's hero last year, specifically around her costume. Right? I mean, not. I mean, in other ways, you know, I that's not what this is about. the The comment was specifically about getting her the costume that she wanted for Halloween uh-huh. last year, and I was an utter failure. And so this year, uh, we we partnered with a friend, and uh, they went as uh, twin T Rexes. Oh, that's funny. So that that was that was really fun. Um, they were very cold, and uh, the T Rex costumes were getting blown all over the place. See, I, so my my nephew was over here yesterday, and yesterday was Halloween for when we're recording this. And I guess it's not for you guys listening, but um, and he had one too. And when he came walking outside with it, I'm like, man, that that looks like it would be really warm. Like you're in this like little air bubble and like in your own little like protected bubble. He's like, no, it's really cold. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, well, hang on. We'll show pictures here since this is a podcast and everybody else can see these also. But, Uh um, I had a polar bear. I didn't, I didn't Um, get any pictures. Well, the pictures were gotten by my wife's phone. Uh, That's that's my little polar bear. And then, uh, for those of you over the, with, over with the, the waves, T-Rex. you have the giant T, <laughs> giant T Rex, and then the, just a, a beautiful, tiny little, polar bear, little grinning polar bear. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, this was, she, she was able to do the whole Halloween thing last year too, but, um, this was the first year where she was really like excited about it ahead of time and, you know, picked out her costume way ahead of time, decided really without any kind of prodding from us what she was going to be on her own. It was it was a fun one. Um, I wish I had had this beer sitting out there, though. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it. it <laughs> I, I'm glad that it's out there. And for those of you that 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 got it, um, I'm glad you got it. And um, I, yeah, it's I, still it's still floating around. Everybody isn't sold out quite yet. It, I, from what I hear, it's going pretty quick. But um, if you kind of if you kind of look around, you can get it at some of those those better beer stores that are a little quieter than you know the the Cappies or places like that. Yeah, Cappies definitely is sold out. Um, I assume Jungle Gems is going to be close if uh, if they haven't already also sold out, or I don't even know when they put their stuff out on the shelf. I don't know. I, I can tell you um, prior to the show, I had, I had a couple of extra minutes, and so I. I knew I wasn't going to be far away, so I stopped in there and took a look around, and I, I didn't find any. Now that doesn't mean that it's because it's sold out. I mean, they could they sometimes might they're not a little have, slower getting it. Out yeah, they might not have put it out, and which is you know fine too, because it, it'd be great if you know after this initial go of of people putting it out on the shelves, if people can can still find it, you know, a, a, for a little bit. Um, but it, there's not much out there. I mean, we we weren't able to to, to put. Um, we thought it was going to be a good amount for us. We didn't know that, that the potential, uh, demand was, was what it was for that beer. Is it safe to say that this is something we'll see again or? Yes, but not anytime soon. Okay. Is this a, uh, 
you know, so we, you know, everybody loves eye opener. Is this kind of a, a trend that we're going to see from the stout side for you guys? Not just what we know, but kind of drifting into some other little adjuncty uh, pastry stout kind of realms. Yes. <laughs> I wish everybody could see your face while you're trying to figure out how to say things and what you can say. So what can say. <laughs> so what's funny is uh, if we if we backtrack a little bit when we sat down and talked with Adina, the time frame for this beer was was that it really circled around our, our Christmas ale. Um, Adina wanted to make sure that Christmas ale was it was in their hands by a certain period of time. And we said, oh, hey, by the way, we've got this idea. You know, we have this concept for uh, we have to we have to can either. Basically, we were saying we're going to can three beers because the way our our tank setup is and and the minimum amounts for for a mobile canning run, we're going to can three beers. So we know you need Christmas ale. We know we're going to make a uh, a hazy IPA and it wound up being. A double dry hop, double hazy IPA. We'll dive into that one here next. And so we said, "Hey, and we're also going to do this big, big ABV, um, you know, peanut butter chocolate stout." And they're like, "Yeah, cool. That that's good. Okay, so we'll have Christmas ale uh, before Halloween, right? Yep, you'll have the day before Halloween." But as we got closer, and and the time started you know, getting closer and closer to, to the canning run in the Halloween. And then we finally got them the imaging for the, the can labels. All of a sudden it was just all about the stout. Right. And so, you know, we're very happy about that and reception is really great. Um, we, we did this with the intention of making something good, but also learning from making it. And so we're looking forward to making something um, big and, and tasty uh, here pretty soon. Tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's dive into Governor Morrow then. Yeah. Um, so we were actually sipping on a little bit of this on that last episode, too. I don't think we talked about it on the show, though, at all, because um, I think it was... It was still pretty um, fresh in the in the tank at that point. If so I... we pulled it right out of the tank for that show, and it was still super green. Now, this batch in the cans, um, we did, and again, learning from batch to batch, um, it is super freshly uh, double dry hopped. Um, and when I, when I say, what do you mean super fresh double dry hopped? Well, first of all, we could even discuss what double dry hopped even means. Yeah, I don't... But... Um, and I don't know if you want me to stop and, and talk about that, but um, we'll come back to it. Sure, we can come back to it. Um, but essentially, the second dry hop was done only a few days prior to the canning, and then all of the all of the hot matter uh, and that that gives you sort of a, a vegetal taste. Or um, we we whatever fell out prior to canning, we made sure to get rid of that. So it is still green. Um, but it's not nearly as green as the the batch that we had when we were drinking on the podcast the last time. And okay, so talk about double dry hopping. Talk about what it means for an IPA to be green, because I think that that's kind of a a new term that for a lot of a lot of beer drinkers that are you know have been 
into IPAs, understand West Coast IPAs and what that is. But then as this this freshness thing keeps getting pushed to a different realm and New England's become more popular and things like that, the the, the, the term green is we're being thrown around more and more. Yeah. So the um, double dry hopping is such a, 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 a blanket term. So um, dry hopping and uh, start there. So dry hopping. After you've made this beer, you've fermented the beer, or I guess technically you're still kind of fermenting the beer. You're right. throwing in an, another dose of hops after right. after you've already made the beer. So once the beer is in your primary fermentation vessel. Those big tanks you see. Yes. Well, the tanks. <laughs> when you walk into Depending a brewery, where you go, the I mean, big tanks. The big ones. Um, once the beer's in the primary fermentation vessel the way we are using the term is for how many times we add hops because we're adding hops at that point after the boil phase, after the whirlpool phase and after the, the cool down phase. And so we dry hop this beer twice after it's in the primary fermentation vessel. Are some people using the term differently? Like maybe just a shit ton of hops. Yes. So in, in some cases, uh, some some are saying, okay, this this is the total volume of hops that we're going to do, and we're going to do that. And um, we want double the original amount. Gotcha. Okay, so it it it's whatever the brewer the 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 brew team decides they're going to do it with. I mean, whether it's oh, our our IPA usually uses two pounds per barrel, and now we're going to do four pounds per barrel, or if we're going to do it in two different additions. For us, double dry hop means the actual action of adding the hops at two different times. It's kind of crazy for um, a uh, an industry and an art or a science, whatever you want to consider brewing, for something that is very um, exact and... Um, exact is probably the best way I could put it. Something that relies on those exact times and numbers and things like that for, um, for that to be like that. And then still have like this, um, this weird thing where like, you've got all these terms that are thrown around that don't really mean the same thing, depending on who's saying them, you know, the double is one of those words, you know, be it a double IPA or double dry hopped or whatever it is, you know, um, what does, imperial mean what does you know like all of those things don't really have a specific meaning and <laughs> like it's it's confusing for the drinker and i think you have to kind of know from brewery to brewery what they're trying to say with stuff <laughs> it's it's very difficult so I, I get it and i mean for for those of us that are for those of us that are listening to the show i mean we've heard brewers talk about uh stuff kind of like this and and you just you know what part of it is putting it on the can so that people understand um that it was double dry hopped but to be honest i i don't think we've ever made an ipa that wasn't but it's it's also it's hard because like i i try this and it's it's big and it's fruity and it's juicy Versus if you presented a West Coast IPA that was double dry hopped, that might mean something completely different to how the beer comes across to me as a drinker. Like it, it, it doesn't say anything about how 
and, and the word hoppy in itself is one of those words that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Like, I, like, what is a hoppy beer? Is it, you know, this or is it, you know, that big, you know, double dry hopped West Coast IPA? What, what does that mean? Right. And so what actually a big part of the difference is certainly prior to the double dry hopping process between the two different styles of beers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it, the the amount of, of bittering hops and the schedule for bittering hops on a West Coast is a particular a particular schedule based off of um, the hop combination and the, and the amount of um, whatever that brewer wants from a bitterness standpoint out of each uh, from a time schedule. And then for, but for the dry hopping process, it's actually still the same. It's still the same for a West coast or East coast. Once you get into the primary fermentation vessel, it's just the, the, the assortment of hops, you know, uh, without that level of of heat uh, in liquid, or you know, I guess somebody would say isomerization, um, you know, you're going to get this this character out of those hops, and so that's uh, it's not really any different. The hops you choose, and then most but of the time, the 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 depending on what the brewer wants to do too say that brewer is going to want to collect that yeast. I mean, they're not going to most of the time do add any biotransformation hops because they don't want the hops um, that will then settle down. Go back a little bit there. What the hell is a biotransformation? Oh my gosh. I am so not the guy for this. (laughs) We need Andy Reynolds. (laughs) So there is a period of time during early fermentation stage, uh, what's researched and proven and what's, what's not there. It's fair to say hops can fuck with the yeast. Just a difference. You, you're just getting a different character because you're adding the hops during a primary fermentation stage. So as the, so are you saying like as the yeast then drops out that yeast is, is there something different about that? So is that why you can't, it's not, it's not clean. It's got all, it's it's got the hop matter in it. (laughs) So gotcha. you may not want to use that uh, or the the effectiveness or the the viability of that yeast may not be uh, as as high as if you would have waited to add the hops after. Gotcha. It's just something else to combat the, you know, the, the war that takes place in the tank once you add the yeast. And so if you if you're intending on trying to to reuse that yeast, whether it's cone to cone pitch or you're going to brink the yeast or whatever it may be, um, you may not add hops at that time. You may wait until after primary fermentation, and then you may dry hop at that time. And if you want to double dry hop, you'll you'll add the hops, wait for a certain period of time, and that period of time is based off of you know the 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 way the beer tastes and the, and the way the hops are, are performing, uh, in that particular beer. So, I mean, uh, there were studies out of, uh, a university in California that basically say two to three days on a dry hop is basically going to be max where you're getting u- utilization out of that. After that, you end up getting too much of that vegetal character when you're going four and five days. So, um, but then again, I mean, it, it, it all depends. That's why that, that's why, in craft, you know, we're, we're, we're tasting, you know, all of this stuff and, and we're deciding we're, we're using whatever, whatever sort of, of tools we have available. But the, the biggest one we're using is, 
you know, the, our, our senses, our, our sense right. of smell, our sense of taste and, and deciding, uh, when we're ready. And then, and the, the rest of it's repetition, which also plays into when you, when we make a new beer like this and, and I mean puzzle pieces because Governor Morrow, this is our, th- this is our second go at Governor Morrow. And then we have another batch in tanks because all of the Governor Morrow that we had in tanks got put into cans. There was zero draft available. Well, we need draft for the tasting room. We need draft for the customers that right. are, that are, um, you know, calling on it that Adina calls on. And so we hurried up and, and, did another round of Governor Morrow, which should be ready mid next week or so for for draft. Um, but what that gave what that gives us the opportunity to do is is to hone in on the recipe and the timetable and and put out a beer that more closely resembles um, the product that over time we want to tweak and make better. When when we're making a beer like Puzzle Pieces, we want it to come out well. We we really believe it came out well and. We, we love the, the, the reaction that we're getting because it's been overwhelmingly positive. And for those that, that, that really, you know, it's not for them, that's cool. I, I'm going to address that here in a second. Thank you, Andrew, for asking. <laughs> uh, excuse me, known for asking. Um, but uh, when you're doing a beer like this and you're doing it once and you're not going to come back to it for a period of time, and right now the thought is we will come back to it, but it'll be probably will be a while right uh what we want to do is we want to take and and we want to make uh great notes and we want to say okay if if the one of the beers we make in the future is going to have characteristics of such how can we improve on what we've learned from making this beer so now for those uh who it's not your thing that's cool look to be honest Full disclosure, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't drink the beer. I made a beer I can't drink. <laughs> you know, I can taste it, and I think it tastes great. Now, to, you know, I'm not I'm not anybody to yuck somebody else's yum, but what I will say is when you, when you buy, whether you bought the four-pack of puzzle pieces or you bought one can, you probably spent somewhere between $3.50 and $4 for a 16-ounce can of an 11 ABV peanut butter chocolate stout now what's not to like about that because you can go to any of the accounts around town that have it on draft and you're probably going to get it in a 10 ounce glass and you're probably going to pay seven or eight dollars for it not if you live in fairfield i'm pretty sure it'll come in a 16 ouncer (laughs) so well there you go so my point is you know the value was buying the can or the value was buying four and whether it's your favorite beer or whether it's a beer that, you know, you, you don't like all that much or whether it's a beer that's okay and you'll have one or two, there's, I mean, there's there, still value there. There's also a value, even if this is not the type of beer that you're going to sit here and crack open a can and sit here and drink 16 ounces by yourself. Like it's, it's a fun beer to get a couple friends over or, you know, maybe, you know, that your terrorist of a two year old goes to bed and you and your wife crack one open and sit on the couch and just, and drink it and kind of laugh about how fun of a beer this is. Like there's other experiences around beer than just pouring yourself a big glass of it and sitting by yourself and drinking it, you know? And I, I think this is one of those beers that, um, creates a fun kind of thing around it with people and, and talking about it and kind of, um, you know, it's 
the story behind the beer. Once you kind of learn that too, that it kind of engages that whole conversation and there's a lot to it. There's, it's more than just, it's more than, it's about more than what's in the glass. I'm well, always trying to tell the people but that. I, so, um, I, I, I'm excited about the beer. I'm excited about the response and you know, I, 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 I can't wait. I can't wait to make whatever's next. I can't wait for Cincinnati to try whatever's next. And I certainly hope that whatever it is, you know, people are as excited to try it um, as the city seemed to be about this beer. Well, that's also what I think has been fun is that this has started a different conversation around cellar dweller than I think I've heard a lot of people um, having for a while. Like it's fun to see some of that excitement coming up around it and say, oh, you know, they, they do make, you know, something else, something new, something that we haven't tried. They, um, the, there's something going on there that we didn't know about. And that's, that's kind of fun about this beer. Yeah. I, I agree. And I agree. Let's, um, Oh, the, the green. Yes. We didn't yes. Talk yes about the, the green. green. So there is a slight, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to characterize it. Um, so if you, so there's green and then there's vegetal, which is taking green to like a, a whole different level. Right. And so this is slightly green. You can taste a slight bit of bitterness up in the front. Um, and that is going to fade uh, over the next few days, you know, week to weeks. And then what you're going to have is just the overwhelmingly uh, soft and fruity characteristics of the beer. So for those of you who have this who bought Governor Morrow or have tried Governor Morrow um, in cans, uh, in my opinion, it's going to be even more representation of what we were looking for in the days to come. And so I, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm happy about the response, but I, I think Governor Morrow actually is, um, is sort of the the hidden gem in this whole canning run. I mean, I, I think uh, the Christmas ale is doing great, and um, uh, from from what I've heard of Dina, it's not a rumor. Adina <laughs> Adina has already re-upped for an, another round of of, of orders on uh, uh, Christmas ale, and it just hit the market yesterday. So. You know, to me, out of the three beers that we put out, I mean, the hidden gem is is Governor Morrow. It's it's easy to uh, you know the whole New England thing that is happening. Um, there's a lot about the branding that goes into all of these things too, and you guys didn't go over the top with it. You didn't create some kind of um, some kind of label that strays away from everything else that you do that gets people to look at what, what is that? You know, it's, it, it fits with everything else. And I think that that, um, that right. it says a lot for what you guys think of the beer. If, if that makes sense, like that, this is definitely a part of who you guys are. And from what I can tell, a big part of what, who you guys are now versus who, you know, Valley Vineyard Cellar Dweller was before it's, um, this, this, this change and everything. And this is, part of the personality now and part of what the, the brewery is about. And, um, it's, I like seeing, um, breweries kind of lean on their new England's as just another part of their lineup. You know, uh, Braxton's been pretty good about it with, you know, creating tropic flair that is, 
you know, year round and, you know, the, the labs it's the, yes, they're doing these quick releases of, you know, beers that are only out for a month, but they fit into the branding. It's not like this big, you know, line up and get this beer cause it's going to be gone. It's, it's, it's different. I don't know if any of that makes any sense, but sure. Well, clearly, clearly with, with, with puzzle pieces, we wanted to make a beer that, that, that drew attention to itself. Right. Right. Uh, with Governor Morrow, it's not that we intentionally made it low key. That's not the case at all. I mean, it's it's a it's low key's it, not the 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 right word for it though. I think it's uh, it it's a double it's a double IPA. And the for those of us that have known the brand for a while, we knew Mary Morrow was our New England hazy IPA, and and we talked about you know, why that beer hasn't been around in a little while in the, in the last podcast. And it's, it's strictly has to do with availability of hops that we were using. So, um, we said if we were going to make a new beer, um, let's not just, let's not just make a, you know, a a 6.2, um, hazy. I mean, let's, let's go out there. Let's, let's do a double. Um, and so that's, that's what we did. I think I like these more. I'm, I will never call myself like a new England guy. Like that's not, that's not, if I'm walking home and open up the fridge, that's not the first thing I'm grabbing normally. But I think I lean more towards the bigger ones like this than just kind of that standard, uh, big fruity six and a half percent, whatever it is. I think this is more of, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if the, if the alcohol kind of adds something to it for me, if the, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I I do. I enjoy it better. Though. I, I, I agree. I, I enjoy it better. And um, I just in the past couple of days, I, I did a little experiment and then I tried many. And then I, <laughs> that's that's called drinking. Yeah, I, I did a, an experiment. <laughs> scientific I tried experiment. <laughs> and um, my recommendation is to uh, to, you know, uh, enjoy in, in moderation. Uh, it. But moderation is different for everybody. So uh, yesterday I only had two. Uh, <laughs> um, that's not all I had, but that's all of the Governor Morrow that I had. I think every once in a while it's good for you to uh, to over moderate just a little bit to remind yourself what happens. Right. <laughs> every yeah. once in a while, just to just to remind yourself what it can do. Um, I want to drink this other one too, but I yeah. forgot to grab a, a bottle opener. Um, that blue bag on that chair behind you there. Um, oh, you don't. <laughs> so we, uh, we met up, um, what was it? A week or so ago, yeah, well, um, down at Ryan Geist, Zane Lamprey was in town who yeah. is going to be on the show at some point. I, uh, I, I was, I was there. Um, no, we were buddies. We hung out with Zane and, uh, he, uh, he handed out bottle opener rings. And so neither of us have them on right now. That's why we had to go. I had it on when I walked in. Why I took it off. I have no idea. I laugh with, um, a lot of my friends and family because I always have a bottle opener on me, be it on my keychain or, um, on one of my jackets or, um, I just always have like all these bottle openers just strapped all over my body. And this is, I don't have one right now because I'm at home in the studio. You're, you're lucky I'm wearing pants. Who said we were? <laughs> this is radio. It's theater of the mind. This is, is the internet. Who said we were? Um, so this, naked Marco right now. <laughs> this is the Untitled Art Listerman collaboration, which is the Cincinnati Style Stout. So this one got a lot of uh, uh, comments online when they were brewing it because they posted a picture of them putting spaghetti into a beer. And Worst Beer Blog picked it up and 
gave them a little bit of shit for it. Everybody does that, though, right? The uh, spaghetti in the beer? What do you mean everybody? Oh, I mean nobody <laughs> does that. I'm sure somebody else has done it at some point. Um, I know that um, Blank Slate, rest in peace, when they did their Oscar Blues, Blues collaboration, which was their chili stout, they dumped a can of Skyline into the beer, but I don't think they put any spaghetti on um, That was a miss. This no is wonder an, they're not around. An imperial pastry don't stout with a joke. chocolate, spices, and spaghetti. 11.3%. And that's it. It's it's a Cincinnati stout in the f- finest sense of the term. We'll see. Well, you go ahead and drink. And what I'll do is uh, I'll tell the audience about our Zane Lamprey uh, experience here for a moment. So you and I... Um, Grout it, Ryan Geist. Oh, you can taste it. You can taste the pasta. I can see it in your face. You're like, nope, that. No, it's just good beer. Oh, okay. I don't really get the pasta. I don't know. Then why use it? That's a good question. Uh, obviously, the gimmick side of it is, oh, is a good. Oh, oh, it's for marketing. But I'm. I don't know <laughs> that if you put there has to be some kind of starch thing that happens to that does something to the beer. Yeah, right. It has to do some kind of thing, some kind of body, something or other. I don't know. It's, it's a really good beer, though. No, that's, that makes perfect sense. I believe it. I, I believe all of it. That it that's, that's the case. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> it's, so, Zane Lamprey. Um, yeah, so we were there, excited, because, um, you know, I, I've, I've watched his shows. And what's interesting is that I, I've talked to uh, people that around town that, that – I know and I trust in the beer business said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go see Zane Lamprey. And they looked at me like, who? I'm like, Oh, come on now. you got to know who he is. So, I think that if you, when you start to dive into it, a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I saw that show. Like everybody saw at the time when his first show came out, there were like three channels that were in HD. And so if you had an HD TV or you had a friend who had an HD TV, you probably saw the show because there was nothing else on it in high def. So like it was just, it, it happened to be on at that perfect time in um, television history. But this is a good beer. It's and a, it's really I, good beer. I've heard of one of these breweries and the other one on, um, on title Lard, I've heard of the other one. I, who you, are they? You haven't heard of Lister. Oh, those guys. Yeah. I've heard of them. <laughs> I, I almost like, I'm kind of sad that they went with the gimmicky Cincinnati style chili thing with this beer. Cause it's such a good beer. Let me ask you, like though, there's, do you feel like it tastes like a Cincinnati style chili beer or no. it tastes like a really good stout? It just tastes like a really good stout. Yeah. There you go. Um, I don't get any kind of Cincinnati style chili out of it. So like Taft for, they, they did for like international chili day or whatever. They did that gold star collaboration Who? stout thing. Um, Crack up in your goose stuff and you'll remember <laughs> um, they uh, there's it, it tasted like Cincinnati style chili and like that is a whole different type of gimmick. This is just a really good beer that kind of is almost I don't, hiding behind this picture of chili that's on the, the label. So if it tasted like Cincinnati chili, it would not be my thing. No, no, I'm, no. I'm not. Uh, I I'm not a native I to Cincinnati, I, so it's not I, my deal. I love Cincinnati style chili. I just don't want it in my glass. I appreciate breweries that are able. Uh, burp, sorry. <laughs> so I, I appreciate breweries that are able to go gimmicky with things like that. That to to make a beer that tastes like a 
Cincinnati style chili or whatever it may be. Now I'm not going to get rid of hiccups. A blue ash <laughs> chili BLT. I, I appreciate the ability to brew something like that. I just don't know that I need it. If that makes sense. I, I don't need it. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to fill my so, fridge with it, so but it, I'll, I'll try it once and if I'll it, appreciate if it. If it just said untitled art Listerman collaboration stout, you, you still would have bought it. It was probably, and I imagine there's more to the story. Um, yes, I would have to answer the question, but um, I imagine that untitled art came into Cincinnati and said, we want to make the most Cincinnati thing you can think of and kind of started somewhere along those lines is my guess. And so somebody started joking. They probably took them to Skyline and were laughed at for the thing we do here in town. <laughs> so I'm sure that there is a story behind the beer. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a damn good stout. I like it. I think it tastes great. Um, it's probably still on the shelf at Jungle Gems for anybody who... Uh, because it says Cincinnati style. It's like, it's... I don't know it's, what it's, so it's I, got a, a like a hazy picture of like an arty like art 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 an artist un, un, an untitled artistic picture of <laughs> yeah chill chill uh. but it tastes great so Zane so we were we were at uh, Ryan Geis and you and I are sitting at tables uh, sitting at a table yeah uh, very close to the entrance. Uh, one reserved for um, special guests, of which we were part of. Uh, I'm always a special because guest. we were there to see Zane. That's right. And uh, I just looked over, and Zane walked in, and I said, "Zane." And he looked up and looked over, and he walked over, and he goes, and he he looks down at the table and sees that his name's on the table and it's reserved, and he's like, "Okay, uh, we got this table, that table, that table, that table reserved. We'll get started here in a few minutes." And then he looks at me, he goes. Hey, I'm Zane. Like, hey, I'm Marco. <laughs> and you turned around and introduced yourself. And so he, he talked for a minute or two and kind of wandered downstairs to get, get his guy. I forget the guy's name, but he kept referencing his name that he's going to get everything ready here in a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, you went and showed him around the, uh, the tap room a little bit. And then Zane did this totally like this is. He learned this a long time ago. Oh, yeah. This move right here. So Zane Lamprey walks up to the table where I'm sitting and, and, and the gnome is sitting and he goes, all right, so uh, so-and-so's downstairs. He's getting everything together and uh, uh, he's got my wallet. And uh, I said, Zane, I got you, buddy. Come on. <laughs> so I took him up to the bar, went up to and he just walks right up to the bar. Like, so if you've if, if you've been to Ryan Geist and for the person who hasn't, uh, the way you do it is is you sort of you sort of wait in sort of this uh, uh, purgatory, holding, like a holding pattern. Yeah, it's like a holding <laughs> pattern. And uh, Zane ignored uh, said etiquette and just walked straight up to the bar. I'm like, well, if Zane's walking straight up to the bar, I'm going to walk straight up to the bar. And so I walk straight up to the bar. Bartender looks at me and he goes, "Yeah, um, oh." And right before that, right before the bartender recognizes, because you can't get recognized right away. And he looks up and he goes, "What are these guys known for?" And I said, "Well." Their flagship IPA is Truth IPA. And he looks and he goes, okay, uh, I'll have an uncle. I'm like, okay, all right. That's, <laughs> that's how that goes. Uh, let me interrupt. So one of the uh, fun Zane, Lamp Zane Lamprey drinking stories that he did not tell that night, <clears throat> I can recite almost all of his drinking stories at I'm this sure. point. Um, 
he uh, does not really drink IPAs. Uh, he will, but he does not like IPAs anymore after a, uh, a chance encounter with uh, um, Greg Cook from Stone. He um, was at Stone probably recording an episode of something or other and was sitting in Greg's office and they had made some kind of like a IPA soap or something like that. And he was looking at it. He's like, can you like, is this stuff edible? And Greg's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and he took this, he just he opened it up and took this big swig of this IPA soap. And he said it was just soap. <laughs> it's like, it's like it tasted like hoppy soap. And he's like, but it wasn't really meant to be drank. He was just like, he didn't think I was actually going to do it. And then he's like, and I like burped and literally bubbles came out from the soap. <laughs> and he's like, and ever since then I, I struggle with IPAs because they taste like hoppy soap to me. Wow. <laughs> so truth probably would not have been his, uh, his go-to. No. And had I, had I known that story, I probably would have steered him down a different road. Um, but I think what he did is he probably looked for the lowest ABV beer on the on the on Which the board. I will say, Rheingeist is one of the best stops if you are looking for a flavorful low ABV beer with Uncle. I freaking love that beer. It is it's dead on what I want if I'm hanging out in a tap room and want to have something that I can just keep drinking. Well, you had enough to drown in that night. I mean, there was, yeah, I, I think I drank 40 of them. <laughs> 40 of them at 2.5 ABV or something. I don't know. Um, I, I will also say um, I got home and um, the next morning fired up uh, Twitter or Instagram or something and saw that after he left Rheingeist, he went to fretboard. Oh, and, are you serious? And a barbecue. <laughs> Wow. They must have stopped like on their way out of town. Wow. That's not far from my house. I could have <laughs> I could have bought Zane Lamprey another beer. That's right. And barbecue. Uh, and barbecue. Uh, Marco, hey, good to see you again. Uh, hey, hey, my uh, my, my wallet this. is out in the car. But now I have a story. I bought Lane uh Zane Lamprey his uh his first beer at Ryan Guys. I have a uh, a picture printed out sitting somewhere down here that eventually go on the wall here of me and Zane. Nice. That, that standard selfie that he took, I think with everybody though. Yeah, that is the, <laughs> it's unique for you when you have it. I just want you to know that for the <laughs> tens of people in line, everyone got the same picture. Um, but it was fun. I had a good time. It was, it was, it was fun to meet Zane Lamprey. Uh, he sent me a personalized email. A personalized email asking you to invest. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, did you get that email too? Oh, yeah, I, well, I, I, I can I can do a little better. I get like five of them, I think, at this point. Oh, wow. to different email addresses. Nice. <laughs> I'm on uh, the mailing list, all with all kinds of email addresses. Right. And I got the the Facebook notification that I was one of his top fans or something like that. Oh, that's cool. So I should probably get off Facebook. Now. <laughs> See, he probably, you know, that's jumped the shark. He will at some point be on the show. I can promise you that. Um, we uh, will, yes, probably be on the show. It'll probably really be a drinking with the gnome episode that I'll probably do like a, a special episode that kind of posts over to Cincy Brewcast too, just because I'm Zane Lamprey nut. Um, but it'll be via Skype. So I have to run some cables up the walls and hang it from the ceiling and stuff to make that happen. I, I can, because the studio is still under construction. I can confirm that those, um, negotiations, uh, were underway or, or, or were really ramping up, uh, when, when we were, when we were there that that uh, it's going to happen right yeah 
Um, we should mention we're drinking Gustav right now too, because yeah, um, Gustav. I always like to keep some uh, some good, easy drinking lagers in my fridge, and uh, I think this is definitely currently one of my favorites around town. It it, it, um, it it's one of my favorites around town. So I I walked in. I had the uh, the loot right, the the puzzle pieces, and Governor Morrow, and he said, and Gnome says. Uh, so what would you like to drink? I said, well, I brought this, but uh, you got any tasty lagers? <laughs> well, and I actually, so in, in the main beer fridge, which is behind the bar in the other room, um, I keep different rows kind of set up in there. So you have like the, the lager row, the IPA row, the sour row, the dark beer row. And um, I pretty much cleared out the lager row last night and threw it in a cooler um, to take outside into the driveway for Halloween. For Halloween. While we're sitting out yeah. there drinking. And it's still sitting upstairs in the middle of the living room in a cooler. If you'd have left it outside, it would have been cold. <laughs> good Lord. It's, it's a good cooler. It like was sleeted yesterday. Yeah, it was a rough day. Um, I think that's part of what Halloween is supposed to be like, though. I think it's not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to have a little bit of rain or a little cold or some snow or something. That's part of part of the fun of it, I think. I mean, sure. I have a fire pit. It was all right for me. <laughs> Fire pit and a cooler and my adventure jackets, which kept me nice and warm and toasty and dry. I wore my adventure jacket. I Last year, though, I had – last year for Halloween, I had a huge setup. I had, you know, it, it candy and, you know, uh, uh, refreshments for, for the adults that were they're walking around and everything. Uh, I had one trick-or-treater uh, last year, and uh, this year I had not a single trick-or-treater. Wow. Oh, that's sad. We we usually do pretty good, even on the rough years like this. Like it, it was still enough that it warranted me sitting out in my driveway for a couple hours. So it's just me. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> like, stay away from that guy's house. I mean, he's got I, that. You would dookie, have to. You would have to ask your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of your nine percent. Double hazy. Get out of it here. It depends on the neighborhood. I'm sure there are some neighborhoods that people would look at. Like, what the hell is that boy? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with your beer? <laughs> it's, it's not the case in my neighborhood. Luckily, I think we have um, a pretty good selection of beer drinkers. Um, the people on this side, um, when they moved in, we were kind of out in the driveway and I was talking to us. Oh, you know, just, so you know, you know, we're, uh, we drink a lot of beer in my house. That's kind of how I kind of, ease myself into people understanding what's going on in my house when I'm, you know, when I'm passed out at three in the morning in the, in the driveway with it, without any pants on and like a pile of beer cans around me. At least somebody else does that too. And, uh, and he, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like beer too. <laughs> All right. You know, and, uh, quickly learned that that means he's a Miller light drinker. And, right. uh, <laughs> it's like, no, no, we're, we like classical music over here. Okay. Yeah. I kind of, Enjoy. Yeah, I I, I like classic rock, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Halloween is a uh, one of those fun holidays that you really get to see the people that live around you and and, uh, what that means. (laughs) There's there's a lot of people in this neighborhood that are really fantastic people. And there are a lot of people that I'm like, oh, oh, my God, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Today's the day they let you out. You come out. (laughs) Oh Lord. Um, what else is going on that you want to talk about lately? Um, been- um, did I want to talk about, 
so it's uh, I had this interaction. I, I happened to be at a uh, at a craft beer bar, uh, and somebody went out of your element there. I know, I know. And uh, one of the proprietors of uh, of that bar uh, asked me the same question: What's going on? What, what's new? <laughs> I get and that I said, all the time. I said, "Well, what what are you really excited for coming up?" And he just said, "Stouts." And like, uh, <laughs> okay, but I mean, I mean, what else? I mean, what what else is exciting? What's coming up? Uh, I'm gonna put out some Christmas decorations. So I don't know. Is that is is the fact that that I don't have a great answer, and he didn't have a great answer, and maybe many people don't have a great answer concerning beer? Um, is there an opportunity there, or does that mean just stay in the lane? Is it is this stout season, and you know it is what it is, or um, what 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 are we missing that that we could do? You know, where's is is it only is it only stouts or where's the opportunity in in anything else there's opportunity in in everything if it's done properly if it's done well and it uh it gets people excited there's opportunity there but i think it's it's a sign of a bigger thing that's happening in cincinnati right now where it's hard to get excited about stuff. It's hard to get excited about an event. It's hard to get excited about a beer. It's a hard. It's hard to get excited about a brewery. You know, a new brewery can open, you know, within ten minutes of your house, and people aren't excited about it anymore. And that's that's new, and that's like a that's a kind of a, a new thing that's happened in the last couple of years. I think this. I think this is an opportunity for. Uh, for us to to find that next whatever it is, and what I mean by that is, I mean you had two months solid of Oktoberfest shows, and you know I could we, have done another month too. Well, and there's no festivals. <laughs> Who's got a? I could what? have thrown my own festival. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what's what's new? What's exciting? Is everybody now going to wait till um, what? Cincy Winter Beer Fest, which is in the first week of March this year. It's not in February. Um, is everybody going to wait till the spring for what? I mean, and then we've got summertime where all the festivals kick back up again. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, it's Cincinnati, right? I mean, we're, we're not going to do much outside coming up in the near future, but what can we do inside? I mean, and, and what's, what's the thing that we're going to do? I mean, Bach Fest, is that where we're all going to get excited for now? <laughs> but even that's not until March, you know? Like right. I mean, so what's, what? You got Big Sis coming up in December. Oh, you're right. That's uh, that's something to get excited about. It, that is absolutely. That's is that a lager? Um, it's a, uh, a a double dry hopped lager. No, I don't think it's double dry hopped. It is dry <laughs> hopped. Lactose? It is. There's no lactose. Oh, forget um, it. It is. It's it's definitely uh, dry hopped, and then definitely uh, hopped a little early in the actual main hop edition. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> a little early yeah so bio transformation uh, yeah there's something so um somehow it seems like every year something happens with big sis <laughs> last year it ended up as a uh, a copper pilsner because wrong bag of malt got put into it that happened um, that was not my fault um this year uh the there was a large bucket of hops that got dumped like 20 minutes way too early no it's um, fine that was my fault that's fine that's fine <laughs> well i'm concerned about it though. no yeah no it's fine it's just beer dude i mean it's gonna it's gonna be great 
that's what Andy said. And then I said, yes, except if this was, you know, any other beer at any other time, you would not feel that way. Said, oh, no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But um, yeah, Big Sis is coming. That'll be fun. It's always a fun event. Um, Alexandria? That's yeah, where that's at? Alexandria. And then next year, I guess we can say where it's going to be next year. It's going to be at Nina's. So, oh, not so. Yeah. There's, okay. a, there's a line. <laughs> you got to get there in line. Be. There should be a line. <laughs> uh, so you have municipal next year, back up to this part of town, which will be fun. Um, see if we can get some people to come out to Butler County. Although it's probably just as difficult for people to get to Butler County as it is Alexandria. I, different, different universe for a lot of people. Uh, from where I live, the Uber ride was probably going to be $45. I can tell. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm very familiar like with 90 this. bucks round <laughs> trip. My goodness. That is uh, pretty much the, uh, the story. Every time I want to Uber anywhere that involves beer, <laughs> I can, I can get to uh swine city nice and cheap because they're here in Fairfield and I can get to, uh, um, to municipal and uh, soon to be, uh, fretboard part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's happening. Um, I'm excited. About I don't, that. I mean, I, I say it cause I heard it. I, I don't, I don't know any details now. I knew, I know it's happening. I know that they partnered up with uh looking glass to, to do a restaurant and, um, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> that's but about all I know. I've, I've never been in that, in that, uh, space i mean what kind of space i mean what what are they i can tell you what the space was before okay but i think they shifted some of that around so it used to kind of really beautiful building that you walked in on the main floor and the almost the whole space was eaten up by a 10 barrel brew house everything was all in that main space right when you walked in the door all of the the fermenters everything and it was kind of crowded and kind of not comfortable i guess was a good way to put it um they had a rooftop deck, which was gorgeous, but again, you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't get drink service up there. You had to go downstairs, get your drink, and carry it back upstairs, which was weird. Um, I don't think they served food up there. You had to go downstairs, get your food, and bring it up. Things like that that were just done wrong before. Um, they're remedying all of that. Is this still um, going to be a 10-barrel system? I believe so. How many, how many fermenting vessels do you know? I do not know that because I, I know they've they've – moved some of it downstairs or I just wonder are they downstairs gonna, me. I just wonder are they going to only are, are they going to be brewing mainly for that facility I assume and this is this is just me talking out of my ass and assuming things that are that could be wrong I assume they'll do kind of smaller one-off stuff there on that that brew house kind of the pilot system if you will and then just bring in the, the the kind of the core fretboard stuff still from Blue Ash. It's my assumption. That would be the smart way to do it, in my opinion. I was at fretboard the other night. I was there f- uh, Friday. Last I was, Friday. I was there. Well, I can't remember when. It was a little longer than that, I think. But um, I like what they do. They they're making some fun stuff. No, they do, they do a good job. You, yeah. you should have texted me. I'd have joined you. It was. I think it was a while back. Or maybe, maybe not, because you didn't want me to. Um, well, I think it was one of those. So a lot of times when I stop at a brewery, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> You're on I'm, your way. I'm. I'm, I'm on in. my way home. I'm in. I'm, honey, I just got to stop for just one second. I just got to get. I got to get a, a growler filled for somebody, you know, or something, whatever it may be. I'm not. I'm not stopping. I'm not here. I'm. I'm. I'm not even going to get a pint. I promise. Three pints later. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I started talking to somebody, honey. I'm sorry. And they serve their lagers <laughs> in those mugs, which are kind of cool. I love that. So, like, when you go in and you get, you know, the um, Vlad or yeah. um, their Brock and the Rhine or whatever, whatever's on tap at the time, the, the, the lagers, they come in this really great stein that just, I, I love drinking out of steins. I, I don't. Yeah, it was cool. That, that's, that, I, mean, I asked for a lager when I got here and I, I, had lager when I was there. I had two lagers when I was there. And uh, funny, uh, also, uh, Ironheart Canning was there, so I recognized some people. <laughs> and then they were at our place. Uh, I think this that's week. interesting, too, that um, they still don't have their own canning line. Canning line. Um, With how much they're they're putting. Yeah, I mean. I, mean, I guess they're not they're not putting out a ton of packaging yet. Well, it's, it's, ex- it's expensive, the mobile can. But it's really expensive to get your own canning line, and then you got to operate the canning line. So are the are the people you already have on staff going to operate your canning line, or are you going to have other people operate your canning line? Well, I can. Uh, well, I don't know how much I can say. I you know, they are I think ready to uh, to bring people on to do stuff like that though. Oh well, then it, it's only a matter of time. Uh, but it's it's surprising to me that they haven't done it yet. But again. Maybe this second location might have taken longer than they anticipated it would, and maybe that kind of slowed kind of some parts of the growth plan. I don't know. So uh, I know they they can mellow ship, and then they can um, what is it? Dread? What's it called? They do they do the natty dread is like a one off kind of. They do sixty ounce cans of that every. So what do they can regularly? Um, In the summer, they do Reba. And they put out a ton of Reba. It's that's my, in six packs, right? That's my go-to pool beer. And Mellow Ships in six packs? Six packs? Yeah. Um, those are their... Well, Mellow Ship is their like, year-round, I guess, that, that's always out there. Um, they do the the Klosterman collaborations, um, like the, the rye, and then they did a honey lager, um, something like that. Are they on the wall? Are there... <laughs> Yeah, they're on the by the juicy improv label. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Oh, that comes out around uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, I think that's all that's in here. There's more labels on the door in the other room, and there's more labels on the cooler right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, I mean, they do their beer. There's beer on the shelf from them all the time. Um, at any bigger beer store that you go into, but. That's also the same for you guys. So I don't know how much that means they're well, putting out. Specialty store, yes. But that's, I, and I, I mean, don't, and like, they're not in like Meyer and Kroger and stuff like that, as far as I know, are they? The, the, yeah. Are they? Yeah. Fredboard? Absolutely. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't the, go in Kroger. I've, we shop at Jungle Gyms in this house. Yeah. I've heard that on this show. Um, I've been, so. I, I live closer to fretboard, so I I have been in Kroger's where fretboard has, has it would make, been there. It makes sense, but I don't know. Well, uh, and and also I don't know I don't know the, the the Kroger game. I mean that's not my, you know I just I just brew beer, dude. But um, I don't know. Do you, do you get in one? Do you get in a, a group? Do you? I don't know. <laughs> you know that's you know that that's not. Let the distributor figure that stuff out. That's a whole other, uh, a whole other game. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a game. You're 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 constantly kind of battling, from what I understand. 
Did you now? So I'll admit to not having finished uh, the last Cincy Brewcast, um, but I don't remember what the last. Oh, it was, uh, it was the Rachel's, educational. Man. I love it was the that educational episode. episode. So episode. I know you're geeking out. It was, it was like <laughs> it's it's. You you did a, a a speech about the history of Cincinnati beer. Where yeah. was that in Kentucky? Was that in Kentucky? Yeah, down Boone County Library. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you, it's cool. You geek out on that stuff, but I didn't finish it. But did you do? And things run together for me. Did you do a discussion about um, GB, GABF winners in mm. Ohio or Cincinnati? No. Not this year. We didn't. Did, did you want to dig all. into it a little bit? Or we can a little bit. Yeah, I don't have the, the list in front of me though. Give me a second. Yeah, um, I don't mean to put you it, on the spot. Start with this though. So, does it matter to to you if if somebody is an award winner or not? Start with that. To me, as a brewer talking to brewers, or to me as a drinker, either or and. Both. I think uh, one conversation's off the record and the other one's on the record. <laughs> okay, well, the on the record one then. Uh, so the on the record conversation is that um, not everybody wins an award. So when you win an award, it's it, why not be happy about it, right? And why not celebrate it, right? Um, now, I can tell you after. Um, and I, I geeked out on that, that stuff so much where, um, and nobody I work with, uh, is into craft beer as much as I am. So unfortunately I have not convinced them yet to listen to Cincy Brewcast. Uh, but I was spending a good portion job. (laughs) I was spending a good portion of my downtime at my full-time job watching this awards ceremony presentation. <laughs> I've done that. This is I did not this year, but yes, I have did. before. No, 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 this was no, like no, <laughs> this is one of the years where um I did not watch it, but I have. So I was ve- and and then at the same time uh I was uh checking Twitter uh to see what was more up to date, you know, uh as far as seeing who won and, and all these things. And so it was, it was very exciting to me uh, to see the Ohio breweries, uh, win. Um, I can also tell you just like anything, the reaction afterwards, um, you know, the haters came in real swift, you know, wanting to know where these, um, breweries that make nothing but haze whales and tradable (laughs) beers, um, they didn't even enter the competition. And so, uh, you know, they, they wanted to take or have the opinion that if these breweries that were so sought after and traded for and, you know, you, you, you drive up and, you know, you sleep you, in a tent and you fill your trunk and all this other mess. If they didn't enter, then what does it mean? It still means something because I, you can't you can't win if you don't enter. The thing the you thing you can't too. win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. If you're one of those breweries that you have all this hype around what you're doing, you've only got something to lose by entering. Of course you do. You've already got people lined up for your beer. Of course. You're not going to get more people lined up for your beer if you win some kind of an award for it. It's, it'd be fun to hang on your wall and fun to talk about, but they're already lined up. Yeah. <laughs> you only have something to lose. But the other thing, too, is that... the. These those types of events for those breweries that can go and that can pour and that can, 
you know, be there. Those are just amazing um, network opportunities. And so, look, brewers love to drink. And brewers love to drink with people that they like to hang out with. I do think we talked about this a little bit when I was with Garrett at Streetside. And that was before GABF, though. Yeah. And I think the the consensus from him, at least, and from, from what they've kind of experienced, is that the networking is almost better at a craft brewers conference versus GABF. Like GABF just kind of turns into a big beer festival for lack of better way to right. trying to put it nicely. Um, lots more drinking and lots of heavily drinking um, versus sounds great. Craft brewers. Yeah, I'd fun. love to go. Next year. <laughs> I, and I would, by the way, I've never been and we, we've never, we've never entered, entered beers. Um, do you want to hear the list of Ohio breweries that won this year? Oh, yeah. Because um, off the top of my head, um, so mm. Fatheads won for uh, another one of those little breweries in Ohio. Um, for Bonehead, their Imperial Red won a gold. Uh, Hopstalker, silver for uh, um, fresh hop beer. And then a bronze for Up and Smoke, which is a smoke, <laughs> smoke beer, obviously. You're um, Brink won for... Uh, Hold the Reins and for Moosey. I've heard of them. Listerman won a gold for scoring discrepancies scoring discrepancies in field beer, which we need to talk about. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Market Garden uh, won a gold. Expert. Millersburg won a silver. Rheingeist won a silver. Tafts won a silver. Wolfsridge won a silver. Hofbrauhaus House Cleveland um, won, a, won a bronze. Have you been there? Bit. I have not been there. I'm banned for, for from every Hofbrauhaus house in the world. I've heard that. Thanks to the Newport Police Department. Um, Hop Shout and Frog out. Brewery. Uh, bronze. Um, J-A-F-B. I don't know how we're supposed to pronounce that one. I don't know if we sound out the whole thing or just use the uh, abbreviation. Uh, bronze. Or uh, can you enunciate it phonetically? Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noble Beast, one of bronze. And then... Uh, it's not listed in this article that I'm looking at here. Then it doesn't but, count. Um, um, but Brink won uh, for the uh, very small brewery. There it is. Yeah. Um, very no, small brewery count. of the year. Back to back years. Yep. But it wasn't listed on like, the other award part of the article. Yeah. It's a bad article. I won't say he wrote it, but bad article. Um, I don't. I, I'm. I'm actually a little bit curious to hear. Or to if I could hear, I guess I can't hear um, what people from other states and other other kind of beer cities how they feel about Cincinnati. Like, does this create some kind of waves in other markets? Or do absolutely, people- uh, the field beer market is huge. <laughs> it's huge. I mean, the everybody is clamoring to collaborate so, for the next spaghetti field beer. <laughs> this is so to be a field beer, you have to have some kind of vegetable, right? So there's, well, there's beers. wheat, which is in spaghetti. Um, I'm sure some of the spices are some kind of vegetable type spices too. This probably could classify as a field beer if you wanted it to. I have no idea. I, I did that. I don't understand. Um, Everything from beer outside I've, of donuts comes from the ground. I've heard that a lot of, um, especially a festival like GABF, I'm not, I've heard a lot of, of, of what it's about is figuring out 
what category to enter. I mean, look at you know, Madtree winning for um, what would they would um, ESB. Oh, oh, for, happy, uh, for ESB. happy Amber. <laughs> like, you know, that sounds so dirty, by the way. <laughs> the beer is called Happy Amber, and it wins as an ESB. You know, it, no, it's but, it's finding that right category to get it to kind of. I'm not knocking that at all. I don't understand the classification, which maybe some would say, well, then why would you have an opinion or you shouldn't say anything? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, I mean, I, for the grander scheme of things, um, I think the Brink winning very small brewery of the year, I think Brink winning for, um, is it Moosey? Was the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the milk stout milk stout. I, I, I don't. I think I hold don't, the reins winning for English Mild is is also noteworthy because that is what the beer is. I mean, I, well, I get it, but I I don't know if anybody I don't know if anybody in Portland cares. You know, I, I the so but do we care if Portland cares? <laughs> no, but the grander question was: Does you know to does it to, matter outside of Cincinnati? Does it matter? And so to answer that question, I don't know if winning the field beer category matters. I think maybe. Didn't Listerman win something? I, they won something. It was a uh, something having to do with the. Uh, um, it was a dark beer festival of some oh, sort. Phobab. They've they've won that a Wait couple a times. Have they won that <laughs> a couple times? Okay, so that may be a better. That you know that that may be something that uh, uh, is a bigger sort of recognition draw, just because of. Uh, what about when like so Nutcase won GABF? So if a few somebody years back. Won, so if somebody won the the session ale category, is that going to move the needle for Cincy Craft Beer? I would first of all say congratulations to every winner. But does it matter to somebody in Portland? Does it matter to somebody in Asheville? Does it matter to somebody in in Chicago? You know that, and I'm talking about not brewers. Flip it, casual a, beer. Flip it, casual ju- craft beer drinkers. But push it just a little bit and stretch kind of that idea out. And does it matter if every single year there's three breweries or more that are always winning from Cincinnati? At some point, then then does that matter? I do, regardless of what what who's winning or why they're winning or what the beer is. I do just that Cincinnati seeing that and seeing over and over breweries from Cincinnati, breweries from Cincinnati. I absolutely does that start do. to become more more important than what's actually winning and why that's winning. I absolutely well, first of all, none of it's bad, right? Right. So if it's not bad, then is it good? I think so. <laughs> I right? mean, I, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. So I, you know, I, I, I think that, again, going back to one of the comments I made earlier, you know, you got to enter to win and winning doesn't come easy. Um, and so congratulations to everybody. It does nothing but help. Um, but to the grander scheme of things, I think what we, if if we're playing the game of how important it is or, or does it matter, then we're playing a game of accumulation because we we haven't cracked through in some of at least in GABF right. for some of those categories. Well, maybe, that's out of maybe Fathead. Did, which which categories did Fathead win? Uh, I pulled it off the screen already. They which but, are just bangers, right? I but mean, they're Fathead, they're a good example on. of one. They win every single year for some pretty major categories i don't know so uh this year they won for imperial red ale fresh hot beer and a smoke beer 
I don't know off the top of my head if they've won for the coveted IPA category. I assume they've gotten pretty close if they haven't won. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they definitely know what they're doing when it comes to IPAs. But there's there there's no knocking winners. Um, but again, to your to your larger question, I mean, does it matter outside of Cincinnati? I I, I think it's I think we are drawing attention, and without a doubt, and you know. Winning medals. I think it's important to always have that Cincinnati name on on that winner's list every year, one way or another, Heck as yeah. many as many times as possible. As many times as possible. Um, and for this uh, this Christmas season, if you want to buy the beer drinker in your life, uh, an I Heart uh, Field Beer T-shirt, maybe I'll make some and put them on the store. <laughs> <laughs> the which, by the way, the new uh, online store for thenarlynome.com is really close. It's actually kind of active right now. You just can't find it because it's hidden, but um, it's really close to being up and 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 running. Um, Are you going to have bottle opener rings? Um, I won't have bottle opener rings yet. You gotta, you gotta, that's a little more complicated unless I just got generic ones or bought like a bag of Zane Lampreys and sold them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two giant uh, bags no, right of now, bottle opener so rings. We've got, we've got t-shirts, we've got hats, uh, stickers, that kind of, just the normal kind of boring stuff. But, um, it's been a lot of work making it happen. I bet. <laughs> My it's, goodness. It's coming very soon. Very soon. So big sis coming up and what else until uh, Ponxatani Phil does or doesn't see his shadow? I mean, what what else is coming up in beer? What what could breweries be doing that, you know, amongst the hustle and bustle of trying to get your turkeys for 10 cents a pound or, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out when where the best place to buy your process ham is or you know getting getting holiday decorations i mean you know what could we be doing because we still need we meaning um adults parents beer drinkers it's not that we're it's not that look i gotta be chased to run but i don't i don't have to have a reason to drink a beer um however if there is a reason to drink a beer I'd love to be there for that experience, depending on the experience. Uh, there's there's a lot to that question. So uh, what should I do? I, what do I think breweries need to be doing right now? Um, I think as even beyond creating the reason to be drinking a beer, because everybody's always drinking a beer. The beer drinkers are drinking beer one way or another. Right. They don't need a reason for it. Um I think it's more important right now for breweries to start figuring out who they are. I think we're in this really scary point in Cincinnati beer where it's you're it's really easy for people to forget about you. Um, even if you're making good beer, like it's it's you need something else. You need to understand who you are and what that means to me as a drinker and, and really start to understand that and let 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 that start to guide who you are and what you do and why you do it. And that will kind of bring some of those other things into place. But um, I still think there's a few places that are struggling with that, of figuring out who they are and what that means. If that's a, if that's an answer at all to your question. I think that's an answer that is very good to have in your pocket. And although it true, um, 
I don't know if that's ever an answer that you need to gonna that you're gonna have to to holster or put away or or put deeper uh, in the baggage. I think you can probably keep that answer there at least for the foreseeable future. And that's not a bad thing. That's just a continuing reminder of, hey, if we're going to back to going back to the 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 topic of metals, you know, if we're going to keep accumulating metals, that's great. But you know, how how do we how do we get better? And right. and so that answer can stay in your pocket when somebody asks you that question because we we keep need. We have to keep getting better. Um, better with what though? Like what? What? What is it that we need to be better at? Is it do we need to make better beer? Because we've got some fucking great beer. No, we we need to answer your question, which is you know f- who we are and who we are like on you, a, on a smaller level of each brewery or who we are as Cincinnati as far as a brewery town. Absolutely both. In my opinion, absolutely both, and I think that um, as as we keep trying to figure that out, um, that that constant push to figure it out will definitely help um, those of us that care about it. You know, those of us that care not just about uh, trying to figure out a way to. Uh, add on to our space so that we can, you know, pour more blonde ales. Which there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, that is a an important part of some people right now. Like that. Well, you got to pay the bills. I mean, you know, you got to pay the bills. You can't look. I mean, going to JBF costs money. Um, hiring the staff to run a canning line costs money. Uh, making um, imperial pastry stouts costs way more money than you know making uh, eye opener. Um, you know, all of these things need dollars to keep all of that growing. And so, you know, there, there is nothing wrong with trying to make profit, you know, and ultimately, you know, everybody's, everybody's life who works in there, um, hopefully cares about and is passionate about whatever space it is they're working in and they deserve to be paid and they deserve to be paid properly. And so, there's nothing wrong with trying to earn a dollar. And many of many of the owner proprietors, owners uh, slash brewers actually still do some of their, you know, full time day jobs because what they want to do way more than I think people realize, because what they want to do is they want to keep building a business, not just that they're proud of and they have fun at, but because they see how many lives it affects. And even more so than that, than that are directly in the business, the community as a whole. And so just continuing to um, build, expand, or turn profit, that, that's not evil. Um, but there has to be, um, I, I definitely think the, the, the quest to be better has to include the, the question of, um, you know, who really are we and does this really match what we're trying to be? What does it, what does it mean to really be better? What are you trying to better? What are you trying to become? What are you trying to achieve as a, as a business, as a 
community hub, whatever, whatever that is. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, what's the, what's the bigger picture? Well, I mean, that's a, so you say, what are you do in, well, I'm saying not, you as the proverbial brewery. What are, right, what, you what, as what a proverbial, are you? We're not going to talk about no, no, necessarily no, 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 no. Cellar Dweller Valley Vineyard no, specifically. No, no. But no, I mean, the, the thing is, um, every day when you go in, when you leave, were you better today than when you were yesterday? Is the way I think about it. And, and I, my, my full-time job is, is, is retail management. And so that's the way I feel about it. When, it, when I... When I locked the door at the end of the night, were we better today than we were yesterday from from anything from it starts with the customer service aspect of things and then it goes to the product product placement it goes to you know um, whatever you can control and for breweries a lot of times they can control so much because they're uh, overwhelmingly the majority of the breweries in the United States uh, produce less than a thousand barrels. And so you have a hand in grained glass, customer interaction, you know, things like uh, thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the simplest things from, you know, how, how uh, customer friendly is your restroom to, yeah. you know, the, the, the entire experience. And so um, that's the way I feel about it is when, when, you, when you lock the doors at night, were you better than when you started. And so if, if you keep thinking about it that way, then the pursuit never stops. You know, you're, you're always thinking about, okay, I, 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 I made this beer this way. I did these things. I did these steps. How can I make it better? Is it where I want it? You know, and then once it's there where you want it, you know, how can you fit it into a production to, to, to maximize? And then, um, I mean, just, just really all the way around, um, you know, some breweries, uh, it, it's, it's, it's tough to park. So you'll, you'll pass, right? you know, and a lot of times that's, that's something that they have on their radar that they can't fix even if they wanted to fix it. But there, but there are things that there are things with every single brewery that I can look at and I can say, this is something that is not as, as impossible to fix as parking, you know, there, there, maybe it's the, the, the bathroom or whatever, whatever it may be. There's something that has very simple fixes that simple. I, I get it. And I, you know, I can, well, I can point them out and you can tell me that's not simple to fix, but there are things that are achievable that you could be looking at that you could say, well, we could do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then what ends up happening? Uh, so a lot of times, you know, with the with the way the industry is that that that, um, you know, talking to people that have, that have started up businesses uh, it, or started up uh, breweries and then, you know, certainly like yourself listening to many different resources, trying to to hear from proprietors of, of craft beer businesses. What you what you have is they give you the advice uh, to um build in a lot of more um oh my gosh i didn't know this was going to happen or i didn't know this was going to take that long right time and money right right and so what ends up happening is they they scramble to try and get open and so what you have is a very industrial space which is very minimalistic um and 
I would imagine a lot of those places would actually like to put a lot more thought in in the customer. Uh, and I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay if you open up with the most minimalistic, uncomfortable, shitty ass tap room in the world just to get your doors open. But as soon as that happens. I want to see that progress as it's, I exactly. want to see that thing happen because that's, that's also part of the fun to me. I, I actually like that. I like seeing a place that just gets open right? and then watching it become what they wanted it and to be. And that's become. what you'd hope. And that's what, that's when you go to the one year anniversary and you think back, you know, this place started this way, yeah. this place is this way. And you go to the two year and hopefully the three year and then, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully many years to come and they keep getting better. Right. Um, but it wasn't, but a month ago where, one of these, you know, wonderful groups that we follow went on a, a, a three day rant about how uncomfortable a particular style of chair uh, was. Th- those are shitty chairs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, God, <laughs> I, I cannot argue that those are not the worst chairs in the world, but I also understand why sometimes you have those chairs, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, 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 uh, just, so many of the topics that you've touched on, you talked, you talked about, you know, kids in breweries, you talked about dogs in breweries and like a brewery struggling with having dogs. I'm like, come on, you know, it, 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 it either is or isn't legal. And if it's not, then the public will understand, you know, because it's <laughs> evidently, not. They, evidently they won't. <laughs> well, then it doesn't, but the thing is, I mean, you, it, they're, you just you can't do what you're not allowed to do. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter if Portland. Yeah, some people do. It doesn't matter if Portland <laughs> allows it. I mean, you know, we're not we're not. It's we have to work within the, the, the constraints of what we have. Right. You know, um, whether it be, you know, uh, business financials or fundamentals or, you know, the law. And, and don't be upset just because, you know, you can't bring sparky the dog because somebody <laughs> serves barbecue i right. mean leave the dog at home you you know they're not telling you that because they don't like you they're telling you that because they can't have your dog there for some reason you may not understand it you may not like it but it's the way it is and that kind of bleeds into a lot of other things but um you know just understand why people are doing the things that they do and um, be a little more forgiving of that and try to try to understand where they're coming from. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just chill out and have a beer. That's, isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Like, just sit down, have a beer, talk to somebody new and, uh, tell them that you wish you could have your dog with you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Um, thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Um, if you like the show and if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the gnarly gnome, or just uh, tell a friend about it. I think that probably does more than uh, um, sending me any kind of money. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's how the show keeps growing and how it becomes what it becomes. So I have, and I've been ineffective at such. So at some point, maybe we can have a podcast about how to be more effective at doing that. <laughs> how to get people to listen to the show. Just just sneak onto people's phones and like subscribe them to the show. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I think that's probably Boom. the most effective. And um, we'll be back next week. We're talking to Adina. 
Um, I don't really know exactly what we're talking about, but I've uh, heard of them. Um, yeah, they, uh, they I like what they're doing and um, they, they've got some great beer that they're distributing. So I'm sure we'll talk about something exciting, but if not, um, you can send me an email and I'll pass it on to them. And you can tell them that they were terrible on the show <laughs> in advance. <laughs> yeah, good in advance. That'd be fun. Um, and um, we've got a, a bunch of other fun shows booked too that, uh, um, some some new breweries that we haven't talked to yet that uh, I've been excited to get out to. So um, stay tuned for that. And yeah, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, and uh, follow it on social media, I guess, all of those different places. Thanks. Works.